Welcome to the Crypto Assets and Blockchain Podcast. Topic of day for me. I'm so excited to be here by in this, this uh, professional uh, area, professional event today is uh, investing in crypto assets. And I saw preparing about the talk and I, I thought about the moment, it was a couple of years ago. Um, I was in Munich in a crowded bar with a friend of mine and we were sitting there, it was uh, a Bitcoin meetup we had there. And for the first time at that Bitcoin meetup, we had more than 100 people joining us there, so it was really crowded, the bar. And we were sitting there discussing about, uh, yeah, the philosophy, design principles of Bitcoin, the implications about society, and for sure, who might be Satoshi Nakamoto. And um, suddenly this friend of mine, who is in my opinion one of the safest people in crypto, he said, looking at that space, he said, this reminds me of a scene from 2001 Space Odyssey. And I said, how can Bitcoin remind you of, of this film from Stanley Kubrick? You may, for those of you who have seen the film, maybe you know what I'm talking about, there is a scene where there is this, this dawn of a new day and this huge white savanna in Africa, and there is a cave, apes sitting there, waking up and moaning and rubbing their eyes, and suddenly they see this big black monolith in front of them. It wasn't there the evening before. So some of them stomp on the ground, some of them shout at the monolith, but it doesn't move. So they get closer and closer, they are a little bit scared, and one is so, has so much courage, he tries to touch it. Nothing happens. Then they gather around and more touch it. Some of them are so crazy, they kiss it, and they start to dance around it. After this evening in the bar, I started to think deeper and deeper about this metaphor, what means the implication. And I came to the conclusion, what this film scene shows, this monolith, and what we've seen with Bitcoin is something really new. It's so new that I came to the conclusion nobody is an expert. I'm not an expert, I met no expert, we are all explorers in that space. We try to figure out what this is all about. And I thought more and more about the conclusion that I can draw of this fact that everything is new here. And my conclusion is to have some state of, I would call it quantum state, yeah? On the one hand side, I try to be as open as possible to learn and to get as much information as possible. On the other hand, I try to develop my own filters. So I want to talk today about the filters. What is important, what is not important, what is signal and what is noise here in that space. I want to show and share with you my experiences and show you three basic filters um, I have for me some groundwork to do. They may sound naive, but anyhow, it's simple somehow. Um, my first filter is when you want to invest in cryptocurrencies, crypto assets, it's pretty simple, use them. They're really hard explained. Somehow we see PowerPoint slides with a lot of arrows and th this goes there. 
just use them. Install them on your wallet. It's pretty simple. It takes five minutes. Do some transactions. Number one. Number two, I suggest go out and meet the community. Also, this sounds simple, but it, for me, it was everything, nearly everything. To meet the people there, to talk with them. They're tech savvy, they're enthusiasts, they explain everything to you. This helps a lot. Number three, also pretty simple, go to crypto Twitter. Twitter in the old days, when you think of you know, social media, Twitter is one of them. No, crypto Twitter is really different. There the people gather, they share openly information, and everybody of you maybe is interested in a separate aspect of this all, of the scene. So find the people that are relevant for you. I, as a value investor, I follow people like Chris Berniske, who is, uh, recently wrote a book about uh, crypto asset investing, um, who does a lot of work in valuing crypto assets, or uh, Vunomics uh, is another guy that is into um, valuing these assets. So find the people on Twitter that are relevant for you, build trust relationships, you can learn a lot. So this is basically the groundwork uh, I wanted to lay out. Um, this talk is about separating signal from noise. Why is it so important? You have just one bandwidth. And within this bandwidth, you get information. According to Claude Shannon and his famous Shannon-Hartley theorem, it's important in this bandwidth to separate signal from noise and to raise uh, somehow the signal um, and to reduce the noise. How can you do this? I want to share with you uh, a random use item that you all heard last year, in the end of last year, it was December, and then we heard something like, China is banning Bitcoin trading and is thinking about regulating Bitcoin mining. So you read this, what to think about it. I came to the conclusion, and for me, I built a framework which I call blockchain or crypto native metrics. When you go to the stock market, you have metrics like price earnings rate, um, debt to equity ratios, and so on and so forth. In crypto, we have something different. And so I think it's important to have this different and this real native blockchain metrics to use and to look at. So when we take this news item again, China is banning uh, trading and maybe regulating mining. Where do we look at? We look at the hash rate, for example. We look at the hash rate, has it a real impact? The hash rate, you know, Bitcoin is secured by mining, by proof of work. So what they do is they calculate hashes and the number of hashes that are calculated is the so-called hash rate. So it gives you a sense about is mining still active? And what in December happened and in January happened, it happened in every month, the hash rate is rising. So I classify this piece of news as noise, uh, what we call in the scene as FUD, fear, uncertainty, and doubt. This is spread throughout with somebody that has an agenda. Second news piece that I want to share with you is Bitcoin will never be a currency because the transaction fee is 20 bucks. I heard that in, uh, in Zug, yeah, there was a conference, somebody had a talk there from a currency that is much better than Bitcoin because the transaction fee is low. Yeah? And um, think about that. Why is the transaction fee high? The transaction fee was two times high last year, this is a fact. So you could come to the conclusion, okay, let's make a check, Bitcoin won't be a currency, but let's dive deeper. 
Why is the transaction fee high? Because the so-called mempool was full. You can think of the mempool kind of a party. Huh? Let's take it as a, as a metaphor. You have a big party and you have an RSVP list. And the more people sign up, the more want to go to the party and the highest bidder comes in. That's basically the mempool. And what happened here, and I collected facts, and one of the facts is we're talking about the fee market. So it should be that the basic economic principle should decide which transaction is included in the Bitcoin uh, block next. But that was not the case. There were transactions with a certain amount of Satoshi paid that got included that have not been the highest bidder. So there was a certain channel the miner opened to have a certain separate fee market. Sure, it's anarchy, everybody, everything is allowed, as long as it's not against the law, and for sure this is allowed, but it's not playing by the rules. And for me, this classification in the end was a strong signal that it's temporary. We just have temporary high fees because there are bad actors in the space. Second news piece. Now I want to share with you not a blockchain metric, but a, a code-native metric, I would call it. And um, last year, it was in February, in Munich, was the first STEAM meetup. Who of you know what STEAM is? Okay, pretty much everybody. So just real quick, it's, uh, STEAM is a blockchain um, that um, yeah, organizes a social network. And at this first uh, meetup, I, I was pretty enthusiastic that there is a meetup in Munich about Steam, about this small blockchain, at that time 20 million market cap. And I, was, I, I talked to the four people there, and the situation and the mood was really depressed. They said, man, there is no um, development in the blockchain space, the communication is bad, so everything seemed to be bad. But I thought to myself, I heard about Steam something different, that's getting better there. I was talking to somebody that was a little bit quiet and I asked him, so is this project, in your opinion, is it that? He said, no. There are a lot of apps in that space and these apps, they are really fast going forward because app development is fast. You find analytics, you find a YouTube there, you find a Twitter, you find things with a lot of traction. I drove back home, I was really curious if it was right and I figured out he was right. I looked at GitHub, it looked really promising and market sooner or later reacted at that time in February that was the all-time low the market figured out that that was not the true valuation right now we have a valuation um, of uh, around about 1 billion US dollars there so for me that was a strong signal at that time the last signal I want to conclude with a ratio I talked about the price earnings ratio the price earnings ratio when you're in the stock market I assume you know what I'm talking about it uh, places the valuation of the market right now in relation to the earnings. So in Bitcoin, we don't have any earnings, but we can assume that Bitcoin is a store of value and a medium of exchange, that the value transferred on the Bitcoin network somehow has to do with the market being overheated or undervalued. And that seemed to be true. And this metric um, I'm talking about is called NVT, short, or not as an acronym, it's called Network Value to Transaction Ratio. It was, um, yeah, people behind it, uh, I mentioned before, one of the guys is uh, Wu Nomic, 
Um, he goes with the moniker Unomic on Twitter. He found out about this. And um, it was really, really accurate at that time. You have to a little bit trick it and smooth it out uh, with averages, but it's good at predicting highs, um, tops, and also you can predict with it really good lows. I think we are there at it's real, it's the beginning um, of a new of a new era, you know, um, when you when you think, okay, um, this is the only signal real ratio that you could present right now. When you think of the stock market, we had uh, the Dutch East India Company in the 1600s, and it took 400 years until they built a framework in the stock market. Huh? Um, in crypto, two years ago, there was nothing. Uh, there was no ratio, there was no analysis, there was no relation, there was nothing. And now, two years later, we have around, around 2,000 people that are really enthusiastic about the topic. And my assumption is that within the whole, so in my, I mean, crypto is, is, we are 10 years old, within five years, so in summary, in 15 years, we did what the stock market did in 400 years. Um, that's, I think, uh, the, the, the way we are going. So that's from my side what I wanted to share with you about signal separating from noise. That's uh, uh, basically to summarize in, in, in small bullet points is uh, do your homework, do your research for sure, go down the rabbit hole, read everything, uh, separate through filtering, and um, last but not least, uh, join the community and for sure have fun. All right, time for questions.